Braun Kratz, Corbin Burns joining us in just a moment. We'll get some thoughts from him on Orlando Arceus comments and like what ensued afterward, which also like, you know, we get into it, but it's fun. It's fun. It's it's harmless. Like we can't like <laughs> we, we can't make it out to be good, clean fun and it's harmless. It is. Totally. Like we don't have to get that worked up about it. I I like to get worked up about you know, debating it and talking through it, but it's sports, it's fun. It adds to the storylines, which is good for the game. It also brings in fans that might not care to hear the analysis of the, you know, the hanging breaking pitch that got smashed by Harper, right? Yeah. That's I, important because there, like there's the section that knows the game, has played the game, understands the game. There's the section that just... Wants to kick back after work and have a good time for a few hours. Entertained. Yes. It's entertainment. And I hope Darno's not for real about the fact that now nobody wants to talk to media. Like, I just, I, I really like Darno. I'm really good friends with him. Really good friends with O. Yep. Just, just owning up to it and just be like, yeah, you know what? They didn't even say anything wrong. That's my thing too. Like you didn't say something that it's like, oh, shouldn't have said that. Like, heat, no. heat of the moment, excitement, not even heat, just excitement of the moment. That is that is what we need. Don't, well, this is what we should do now. Yeah, Scott, Ron, your turn to talk to Corbin Burns. All right, cool. Let's bring him in. Corbin Burns on FT Live right now. Corbin, how we doing? And before we get to your stuff, um, uh, oh. what, is, what is this? Oh, my goodness. What is this? What is this sorcery <laughs> that I see up there? <laughs> All by itself. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry about that. I forgot that was there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, do you guys talk? Like, do you say uh, hi when you walk into the room? What's up? You say hi to the that, that huge piece of metal on the wall <laughs> when you walk it's into like, the room? It, it's a little lovely, huh? That's fine. We got a bunch of slots up there for some more. So, yeah, I like that. True, true. I like that. Yeah, you come you by. He time. comes. He comes by after a good workout, and he's like, "I like you, Cy. <laughs> I like, I like what you're doing up there." And for the crowd that will listen to this, like audio wise later, they're probably like, "What? It, it's a Cy Young Award on the uh, on the wall." So it's his. It's his. <laughs> yeah, it's it. He didn't take it from someone else, and it's real. Okay. So anyway, Corbin, let's start with this. And let us know if you need any more information on it because we can provide. But do you see the back and forth with Bryce Harper and Orlando Arcia? The good, clean fun. Then he looks at him with his two home runs. And then afterward, you know, there it seems like there's a little bit of sensitivity from the Braves side. They also lost the game. But Arcia, you know, said attaboy about Bryce, which players, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, do all the time after they win a game like that. And the media was there already and it was open. So cool. Anything you think was done wrong there? What did you think of the whole situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that you, you say it to you know, the guys in the clubhouse and you say it to your boys, like, hey, you know, we, just, we just won that game because of a mistake there. But um, obviously, our, our C was pretty pumped up because of the uh, you know the win. But um, yeah, I think that's something that I always think is going to get um, to the media and get heard by everyone. But the fact that it did... Um, you, know, you, you got to go up. You got to own up to it. You got to got to go out and play baseball, and you got to go in and uh, you know, win a baseball game the next day. You can't let that affect you. Um, you know, moving into the next day, um, 
just because they can, they can carry over and, like you say, gives it extra momentum, but still got to go out and play baseball. Yeah, I mean, the, the way – I don't know how, how much you followed it, but the way they handled it was more like, well, we didn't want anybody to hear that instead of, in my opinion, like, hey, we just made one of the greatest double plays to end a game. And you know what? He may have made a base running blunder. Had he dropped that ball, Harper scores, and it may have been incredible base running too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like you said, there's some things that are probably said that you don't want to get out. But it, if, you, if you're running around saying it when there's media in there, you have to know that it's, it's going to get to the other side. It's, they're going to make a story out of it. That's, that's what media's in there. That's what media is supposed to do. They're supposed to make stories out of it, especially in a postseason setting um, where things are amplified even more. Like that's, that's the stuff they're looking for. That's the reason why they're in the clubhouse. So you have to know that when something's said, um, the small as it may have been, and taken out of context maybe a little bit, but um, you, you got to know when there's media around, it's, it's going to get out. And my thing is, I just don't, I mean, it's not going to because it'll get forgotten in a few days. I don't want it to take away from how the setup is currently. Like, you know, players might, some like to talk to media a lot, some don't at all. Some like to do something like this versus be in the clubhouse, whatever. But the, the one thing that bothered me, and I would just say it to him, I will probably in the offseason at some point we bring him on. Travis Darno's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have, you know, say, say anything to the media now, whatever, right? Like, all right. The, the clubhouse was open. It's it's not a big deal. I, to me, I just got, and Kratz was, started this, a little sense of, hey, the, the Braves are down 2-1. They had a freaking dominant season, and they're against the ropes, and they're probably just a little pissed off, too, as a ball club right now, which is also fine. But I don't I don't think we get – trust me from a business sense, bad idea if we're playing all these games and nobody's talking and no one's talking about them. Like, everyone knows that's not good for business. And it's not like a reporter, like – kind of did something weird like they're just they're in the clubhouse during that time period i don't think this is like anything that needs to be rectified no i mean there's there's obviously when you see the media coming in you know that you know there a lot of times there's hot mics or that that kind of thing so um there's a lot of reason why some older guys when the media come to the clubhouse you know they're never in there they're in the they're in the waiting room they're in the training room they're eating food like there's ways to go and have conversations teammates about stuff without media being around they're only allowed to go in certain areas so um yeah I mean, it was it was probably it was one of those things that was a big game it was a big win um it's a big play to end the game they're all excited um rightfully so but um yeah i think it's it's tough to, to then say okay we're not going to talk to the media because that's just part of part of our job as, as baseball players to the brewers you are the same as bryce harper is to the phillies you're that big time guy you're that guy that the team leans on in a big situation, do you need motivation? Do you need somebody else to tell you, hey, you know what? I think Corbin Burns did screw up last year and make the Brewers not make the playoffs. <laughs> what? Now I'm going to go out and pitch way better. No, I mean, we, we, I think, you know, guys draw enough motivation from, you know, the game itself. Um, I think a postseason setting like that where you're playing an in-division you know, rival, I think you have plenty of motivation as it is. Um, obviously, you don't play each other near as many times as we used to, but um, you know, there, there's enough motivation for them playing back in Philly um, against the Braves, who were you know, one of the best teams all year. Um, I, I don't think that they, you know, Harper himself needs the extra motivation. Maybe he you know, drew from it. Maybe it was more the, the crowd drew from it uh, more than anything. Because he's such a uh, you know big time clutch performer, but um, yeah, I don't think you know there's there's much 
extra motivation that needs to be added because that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the pinnacle of the game right there. Playing against your division rival and the freaking two homer game. Like that's, that, that's the stuff you love for as a hitter. So um, I, I don't think he needs the, the extra motivation. Needs? No, but here I'll phrase it this way. Like what if, and for both of you, what if I say, Hey, go beat that guy in a boxing match right now. Right. Just straight up. And you're like, okay. And then, I, I put you in that scenario and then same exact scenario in a vacuum. I go, go beat that guy in a boxing match right now. And first I have him come up to you and just slug you in the face. Will you perform maybe a little bit better? Yeah, more angry. I more angry. Maybe there's some different kind of adrenaline. I'm not saying like, that's my point. Does Harper hit those homers anyway? Maybe probably whatever. But my counter to, to what you said is, are there people that like to use things in general as motivation, as a chip on their shoulder? I mean, I mentioned in our first segment, Zach Allen, when he was on this show, is like, yo, I think I should have gotten more Cy Young votes last year. I kept those some of those names and votes down, not to like personally attack, but more for him to just be like, okay, they didn't think that I was good enough. And he said he's thought about that throughout the year. So I do think it can help someone tick a little bit, right? Yeah, I think so. Um you know, but from my side of it, I'm trying to go out and throw, uh, you know, nine innings and punch out 20 guys every every time. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, opening day, if it's a media start in July or if it's the postseason. Uh, so I think Harper's kind of the same, wired the same way. He's trying to go out there and go four for four with four homers. So, um, you know, I think there there could be, you know, actually a little chip on his shoulder um, because of some words that have been said. But, um, yeah, he's trying to go out there and make his, you know, mark on the game and make an impact. And he's trying to hit a homer every time he comes to the plate, just like, Gallon's trying to go to the mound and punch out the side every time he goes out there, just like I am. So, um, yeah, I don't think we need to draw extra motivation. Um, but yeah, I think I think there definitely is. You know, some, sometimes you have a little chip on your shoulder of trying to prove some people wrong. But um, you know, that's not going to change how you perform or how you you know prepare for that game. You're still doing the same kind of things um, and trying to go out there and, and do your best every time. All right, you said you're you're going out to prepare to throw nine innings, twenty punches. What if you're put in a Jose Barrios, Barrios situation where he was or maybe he wasn't told he's coming out? One, have you ever been put in that situation where it's like, hey, you know what, Bernsey? I know you're our guy right here, but we're facing elimination, so we're going to pull you because of this and that reason. And two, how do you react if you are Barrios in that situation? Yeah, I've personally never been in that spot. Um you know, I've, I've got a good relationship with counts that if I'm throwing the ball well and he comes up to me and asks, you know, how you're doing? Um, if, I, if I say good, it's good. Okay, keep going. So I haven't had the situation where I may be dealing and, and he comes and says, hey, you know, you're done, that kind of thing. So I haven't come across that. Um, but, yeah, being in his situation, I think it would be tough. Um, you know, I, I think from from his side of it, you got to be like, yeah, I'm throwing the ball well, but there's also the understanding of elimination game and if they feel like there's better matchups. Um you know, there's a lot smarter people that are looking at that and um, saying, "Hey, this guy, you know, doesn't have, you know, has good numbers against you. It's the second time through, third time through, whatever it may be." Um, you know, I think analytics, obviously, as much as we, you know, like it or dislike it, um, it's becoming more and more and more prevalent in the game. Um, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think if if I'm out there dealing, um, you know, let me go because you know, stuff is different when you're throwing well versus you know when you got there your B or C stuff. So. Um, it's definitely tough. It's definitely, you know, I, I think it's kind of something similar to saw a few years back with, with the breaks, the Blake Snell scenario in Tampa. Um, it just kind of seems like there's always one situation that comes up every year where a manager's going to be questioned, and yeah, that's just part of the game. All right. You said you have a good relationship with counts. 
But what if you're on the mound right there? What are you like? Is there like some kind of like, no, no, is there like a talk behind your hand? Like counts. You cannot, you cannot take this ball from me right now. I promise. I got this guy. Remember Woodruff too? He told us when he came on for what was that? His complete game. They had a back and forth. It was funny. He he talked for, as you'd probably imagine, like six minutes and gave us like literally (laughs) word for word of what went down back and forth. And people loved it. He was just like, how many pitches I got? And like, they're like negotiating pitches on it. And he talked about himself in the third person with a nickname. True. Big Woo goes, come on, Big Woo. Don't don't screw this up. But anyway, you're, you're in that situation. Like, can you say that to counts? I've, I've only had probably twice in the, in the past four years where he's come out to the mound. I think gonna make a make a change, and I told him like, no, I'm, I'm not done yet. Um, and he kind of gets in my face, like, okay, then you know, get this fucking guy out. Um, <laughs> but, um, usually, it, usually it's in between innings um, coming in. Um, you know, multiple times I've you know been through six, we're at like that 95 pitch mark, and I'm walking out the mound. He's looking at me and just hits me dead square in the eye, and I just shake my head no, like no, I'm not done. Um, and he goes, okay, and you know, he lets me go. So um, there's very few times we have conversations of like, you know, hey, are, are you done? You want to go back out? Because he knows if he comes up to me and and he asks, I'm always going to say, yeah, I'm I'm going back out. You know, but I'm, I'm always going to try to go as many innings as I can. So um, most of the time, he has to make that decision before he comes to me of like, hey, no, that's it. We're at you know, we're at 100 pitches, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, there's only been a couple times where he's come to the mound, and I think he's come out with the mindset of making a decision. Um, to you know, take me out. I basically said, no, I'm, you know, I'm not done. Kind of just said, okay, then, then fucking get this guy out. So. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to try to smoothly transition this to a few minutes on the crew. So will you make a phone call like that at some point this offseason, if need be, to counts? Whether it's for him thinking about another team or just not coming back and say, dude, I'm, I'm going to need you for a few more seasons here. I'm going to need you to come back. <laughs> it's a unique situation. He's a, he's a free agent. I know he's been super tight about it. You know, he hasn't said much. We, we get a lot of brew crew on this show. I don't think we've talked to you about it, but like, you know, Freddie Peralta said he he tried to talk to him a couple times about it and just was stonewalled. Like, he's just like, yeah, we'll deal with it later. Don't worry about it. But um, so I'm assuming he hasn't said anything to you. But um, even with that, do, do you have to make a phone call and be like, yeah, I'm coming to the mound counts. Like, let's go, dude. I need more out of you. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, he, when, when I left the, you know, Milwaukee at the end of the year, he, you know, we, we, we always are, are in contact in the offseason. Um, and I think we'll even more so will be this offseason, those kind of things go. But, um, yeah, he hasn't really tipped his hand on anything of, of what, uh, what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I know he loves Milwaukee Brewers. He grew up in Milwaukee going to the Brewers games. His dad worked there. Um, you know, he's loved managing there ever since he took over. Um, so I would, I would definitely find it, um, you know, find it difficult for him to leave, to go somewhere else. Um, now, does he take a couple of years off to, to go spend time with his family? That's definitely a possibility. Um, you know, he's got, he's got four kids and uh, college, high school age. Um, so it's he's definitely been away from him. And that's something I think that all dads can, can kind of relate to, if you know, want to spend more time with your family and your kids. Um, so I, I wouldn't count that out, but, you know, he's, he's been in Milwaukee his whole life. I, I, I would find it very difficult for him to go somewhere else. But um, like you said, he's, he's a free agent. He's probably the best manager available out there. Um, so some team wants to go out and throw some ridiculous numbers at him. I, I think he's human just like you know the rest of us are. That was what I wanted to ask about. So Because he said, like, hey, I don't have a contract right now. It's okay to speculate about what will happen. I'm paraphrasing there. But that's my one thought process is 
If you're a team, you can throw a number at someone as a player, as a coach, as an executive, any kind of role, right? You could throw a number at someone and say, hey, I want to keep you long term. And this is what it looks like. He is a free agent at the moment. Would you be surprised or blame him if, you know, he gets an offer that doubles his salary to go somewhere else? And he's like, listen, I got to live like I'm going to do this for a few more years and then I can just retire because I'm going to be so damn rich. Yeah, I think if, you know, talks keep going um, long enough, I think there is that possibility that a team comes comes and offers some, some stupid number. Um, but I think in the end, he, he takes that number. And, you know, if, if, if the Brewers can match it or at least get close, I, I think he goes back to Milwaukee just because that's where he's been. That's what he knows. Um, that's what, you know, he loves. He's, 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 he's a Brewer, you know, down to his core. So, um, you know, do I think that some team – is going to throw out a stupid number out if it comes down to it. Absolutely. I mean, that's the, he would be the guy, if I was a GM or an owner, that's, that's the guy I want running into. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think he's in kind of the best spot you can be as a, as a manager. He's going to make more than he did ever playing in a year. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he puts himself out on the market. All right, we need, because they just advanced on to the NLCS, we need the Corbin Burns scatter report of the Diamondbacks, please. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're a good young team. They're, they're playing baseball right now like they were early on in the year when they were leading the division, um, beating everyone. Um, it's, it's kind of a lineup that when a few guys get hot, it seems like they all get hot at the same time and they become a very dangerous team. Um, and I think we've seen that um, in our series and this, you know, that Dodgers series. Um, all of a sudden, you get a couple guys starting to catch fire and, and Terrell and Marte, and then top to bottom, they, they swing the bat. Um, they they feed off each other, um, as you saw in that inning with four homers. They did it with me, uh, with back to back homers, and a few innings later with the homer to Marino has you know, been been unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I think when when that offense gets going, um, it's 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 all. I wouldn't say comparable to the Braves because it's a different type of lineup, um, the way that they you know they score runs. But I mean, man, when they all get going, it's an exciting team, and you know they they. They play a, a different game than I think a lot of you know teams that are in that postseason with um, the speed, the contact, the on base. Um, and I think that's where um, a lot of people don't realize big innings happen because of getting on base and the speed and the movement. Um, sometimes you know a leadoff homer, you know, two run homer kind of kind of kills the momentum of an inning where these guys can uh, can keep it going with stolen bases and putting balls in the gap and, and the and run and speed that they got from really top of bottom. So. Definitely exciting team, and then uh, you know Gallon and Kelly at the top leading that staff is, is pretty tough to beat. So I know you're never going to say you're afraid of a lineup, but of the three National League teams left, who do you think is the most difficult to navigate? Because the Braves run and slug, the Phillies run and slug, and the Diamondbacks—they've been slugging. They didn't slug quite like the other, you know, the other two. But for you, which one's the hardest to navigate? I would say the most difficult to navigate. Um, I, I, I still got to say the Braves. I mean, the the the, the first five or six in that order, um, when they're all swinging the bat, like there's not many places you can go to get those guys out. Um, you really got to be on top of your game. Um, you know, there's the, the the Phillies. They have a lot of you know. There's a lot of swing and miss in the Phillies lineup. Um, but when like when, when they're clicking, like when Harper's doing what he's doing. Cassianos um, doing what he's doing, like they're you know they're tough to beat. But and then you got the Diamondbacks that are you know a team that's not going to punch out. So it's kind of three different lineups. Um, but 
you know, for me, I think the toughest to navigate would probably be the Braves. Um, when obviously when they're clicking right now, they're, you know, they're, they're struggling a little bit offensively, but, um, you know, one through really six or seven in that order are, are really good. Okay. So it's been a week. Have you processed the season and what are your thoughts? And I know, you know, like the season ends, it's weird. You talk to the media for five seconds and maybe, you know, you say some buys to some players. So, you know, what did you think? Is the disappointment level high? Did anyone say something to you that kind of stood out? Because, I mean, I'm sure you're watching that series. And, yes, the Diamondbacks are good and they're hot right now. But you're like, damn, we could have beaten the Dodgers and been in this NLCS too. Yeah, it's tough Um, because we had such a good year. You know, to go out and win 92 games is is tough to do. Um, And we had points in our season where we really struggled and we had points where we were really, really good. Um, so, you know, the season as a whole, I think we're kind of proud of what we did and, and how we played. And, um, you know, obviously the, how we ended the postseason was, was tough, was disappointing because we felt like we had a really, really good team to, to go deep in the postseason. We felt like we were lined up well. Um, you know, we just came across a hot team that, that played better baseball than us for, for two games. Um, but I think, you know, as a season on the whole, I think we're, you know, with, happy with how it went, proud of how it went. Um, personally, I'm, you know, Pleased again. I was you know, able to, to take the ball every time through the order. That's kind of uh, kind of my goal is to every five days get on the mound and, and help the team you know win and give them a chance to win. Uh, so that's kind of was, was my goal from from the begin, beginning of every season is to, to be healthy, um, throw as many innings as I can. Um, obviously, we we dealt with a bunch of injuries in the rotation, but we had a lot of guys step up and threw the ball well. So um, yeah, I think it was on the whole it was a good year, just a, a disappointing finish to uh, you know to, to a good season overall. All right, obviously you don't know what's going to happen to Counts. So let's paint a quick scenario here. Counts is gone. I'm in as the manager. Are you happy or are you not happy? When do you mean named as the manager? Is it, is it sooner or is it later in the season, later in the offseason? If it was later in the offseason, I might be hosed and have to come back. But if it's early enough, I might be able to petition for the trade. <laughs> January 30th. Yeah, I think I'm host. I think I'm stuck. Yeah. Okay. I'll make sure I push out negotiations. <laughs> There's a stack of resumes right over there. He's sending out to the teams for all the managerial opens. For all the openings. Four. Now, now we're going to keep him on this show, at least for now. So don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll sign him to a bigger contract than Cap. So we'll keep him here. There you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Corbin, um, enjoy some downtime here. We'll get you in a few weeks um, later in the off season, and and uh, say hi to your boy behind us for us. Yep, we'll do. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Corbin.